Hello and welcome to Movie Go Round, a film discussion podcast that rotates between different themes every week on a five-week schedule. This week's theme is... It's torturous. It's you did this to us. Why? Uh, we're here. We watch Cats. I don't even feel like I should have any formalities. My name's Brett Stewart. Uh, joining me as well, Nicole Davis. How are you? Probably been better. <laughs> uh, too sober. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm kind of amazed I still have my eardrums and my eyeballs because there were not one, but several times where I threatened to remove uh, either or both sets of things um, while watching this movie. So, yeah. So that's how I am. Yeah, I feel accosted. All of my senses are just overloaded. And David, are you holding up any better? David Luzader, everybody. Oh, I'm feeling jellical. Uh, no. What does that mean? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that, that this is going to be this episode. All right. Well, I'm glad you're feeling jellical. Um, whatever, whatever that is. Uh, you did this to us is, of course, the opportunity for the audience to pick a movie. You can vote every five weeks. There is a poll on Twitter and Facebook and our website. You can follow along in any of those places to see it, and you get to vote. And this barely lost out last time to The Hobbit. And frankly, I think we kind of skirted something bad last time, but you just got to lean into the skid on this one because there's no way to move around cats. There's only one movie called Cats, to my knowledge, that someone would want to add to this docket. So that's what we watched. (laughs) Yeah, 20. no, this was an inevitability. I think every bad movie podcast uh, has to suffer this one at some point. And once we gave our audiences the chance to pick a movie for us to watch, uh, it, it also seemed inevitable. I thought maybe we could go another year before having to do it, but I guess rip off that bandaid, right? And others probably will, because this only was available for rental as of like a month or two ago. So. I believe whoever added it last time, that probably was the first time it could have been added, unless we had to like buy the movie, in which case we probably would have vetoed it. No, no. no. <laughs> five, I had to rent this for five ninety nine. Five ninety nine. This movie was not available any cheaper anywhere else that I could find. Um, I should I I should have gone alternative routes to watch this movie, honestly. <laughs> How sympathetic um, would an Amazon support rep be, do you think? Do you think I can get this returned this week? My return <laughs> for $5.99. I would love the entire to get movie. my rental at least refunded because uh, this movie is allegedly subtitled. Uh, but See, I, I could not get subtitles to turn on using amazon and i usually can i know how it's not like i don't understand (laughs) the process of turning the subtitles on i do and i have it's just this movie supposedly has them but wouldn't display any and so i couldn't understand half the nonsense that uh the characters were spouting during this film you know i i don't care about the money (laughs) i don't who do i talk to about getting time back (laughs) your sanity all of it five minutes yeah, I no, I did. I rented on Amazon. I was able to see the subtitles, and uh. you're pro- it's probably better you didn't. It makes you hate it more for a number of reasons. Like a, the <laughs> words are not real at any point, point. Um, and 
Two, uh, there's large portions of the subtitles that just say yowling in uh, italics. (laughs) Uh, So very bad. Now, next week, before we dive too deep in the cats, it's a new to two pick. This is my hardest one for me personally. I've asked you guys like 10 or 15 different movies a day, and one of you has always seen the freaking movie. Uh, That's an opportunity for someone (laughs) to pick a movie that neither of the other two have seen. And I had a hard time finding one because you guys have seen so many movies, but we are going to watch the 1973 heist film with Robert Redford and Paul Newman, The Sting. But we're here to talk about uh, Cats 2019, based on the long-running musical. Uh, We're not even going to use complete sentences in this synopsis. (laughs) What for? reading it is just like uh, fine. <laughs> a tribe of cats called the Jellicles must decide yearly which one will ascend to the heaviside layer and come back to a new Jellicle life uh, it is as bad as everyone thought it was right like we can get that out of the way quick oh yeah yeah I mean it's it's like America's got talent slash you know Britain's got talent but with cats and the prize is you die and go to heaven they they took they took something that only works as like a, a stage show and tried to add more plot to it and then did horrible did things they where oh yes oh, there was a lot more <laughs> plot added to this. so does it work as a stage show because that was one of my first questions is that this this musical was which is supposedly i know i know it's long running supposedly beloved these are bad songs they're not good it's, it's not just long running brett like you don't you don't understand. You were too young. Uh, and this is weird for me to say because I remember, like, as a kid, just how big Cats was. Cats oh, it was huge. Huge. It was. Well, I remember. I remember living in Vegas, and that was like one of the longest residencies. Was Cats? Like, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Cats is the longest running touring musical of all time. Uh, it might be the. No, longest. I think the Lion King overtook it at some point. Yeah. Oh, it's the okay. Four- the fourth longest running Broadway show and the sixth longest running West End show. It did. It did go mm. away for a few years. Okay, but, but then had the surgeons. So what's the appeal? Does anyone understand the Cats' appeal? Because these are not good. I'll stand by that. They're not great songs. Yeah. Okay. It, you know what it is? It's people singing and dancing. Yeah. In cat costumes. <laughs> yeah. Costumes as and a, makeup. As a stage show, it is entertaining. It is dancing. It is music. It is, uh, you know, it is like, it is what you want when you go see a big musical. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the quality of the songs, like whatever. You're just going to be entertained for a couple of hours, and that's and what you wanted. Dancing where you can see the entire dancer. Yes, all the time. Especially <laughs> instead of just parts of the dancers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, like it, you know, if, it's, if it's not if it's not your bag, like that's totally fine. But as far as like a state, like I had the the direct to video uh, version that came out in the '90s, and I remember watching that as a kid, like a bunch. Like I thought it was I thought it was a lot of fun when I was a little kid. I well, was, yeah, I mean the the poems were written for children. This is based yeah. on T. S. Eliot's Old Possum's book of practical, practical cats. cats. And, yeah. And so it's all these little poems that he wrote for like his god kids back in the 30s and you know they're they they kind of work as lyrics because they're repetitive and they rhyme and 
but they also kind of don't. <laughs> yeah, like they don't all Neither rhyme. Can be I think that's awkward for singing. Yeah, no um, kidding. So if this work was... is like forwarding a plot necessarily, I mean, literally this this movie is almost entirely. It's like here's this character. He's going to introduce himself. Here's this character. She's going to introduce herself, that's and it. it goes over. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's what the musical is. The musical is like is they, it, it, I can't remember the name of the cat. Uh, there's like the, the narrator cat. Um, who I'm? It's it's oh, Munkus. Munkus. Yeah, he like the folly uh, work of the turning pages. Munkus trap. Yeah, he comes out and he's <laughs> like, sure. "Hey, here's what's going on." And then at, before each song, he does a little introduction of like, "And now you're gonna see this cat." And there's like a little bit of a thing. Where McCravity or who gives a crap uh, is like <laughs> trying to be the one to to do it, and so he's like he's a little bit mischievous, but really like that's it. And then at the end, Grisella gets picked, and she goes up to heavy side layer. Oh, okay. Um, so, question: If these were children's <laughs> lyrics, was it a right call to make this movie as thirsty as it is? No. No. <laughs> this movie this movie is really really sexual for a cats musical i i mean it's just really sexual in general it's <laughs> yeah it's which always kind of had the rum tum tugger character was kind of a little bit of like the sexy one you know he's like he's the bad boy uh yeah. i genuinely genuinely when idris elba because Idris Elba's wearing, we're going to talk so much about Idris Elba in this movie. When Idris yeah. Elba was wearing, he was wearing a coat and a hat for most of the movie. And then he shows up later not wearing those. And yeah, I was like, why is he naked? Like, it's for it's some like, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. First. Like, and suddenly I'm, I'm kind of uncomfortable and like maybe just like a tiny bit turned on, but like mostly uncomfortable. <laughs> Somehow more uncomfortable than I, than I had been up to this point. Like I'd been, I'd been desensitized and Tom Hooper was like, you know what? One more time. <laughs> <laughs> so the only I, thing that would have been wor- worse would have been if they'd taken Judy Dench's coat off. Oh, good God. No, no, no. Unzipped the coat. Oh, my God, no. Don't do that to poor Judy. Oh. But the unzipping. So, you but she take things off. Hers. No. She didn't... Un- no, but, oh, my God. This this movie with the... It's so... All right. I'm going <laughs> to... It's very inconsistent in the rules it applies as to who wears clothes <laughs> and who doesn't how they put the clothes on and off. And there's one extremely disturbing moment where Rebel Wilson's character, Jenny, unzips her skin quickly, slips out of it, and she's, like, wearing... She's got another skin and, like, like a cabaret outfit on underneath. Mm -hmm. But it was... And I knew it was coming. I'd heard about this. Doesn't make it but less. I pictured her like slowly unzipping it, like she's taking off a jacket or something. No, it's escape. But <laughs> no, she just like whips it right off, like she's whipping her skin off. And I, I was like, ah, no, what? No, it's a nesting no, doll. Just, she could have done it three more times if she if she yeah, needed to. It, this, it was like genuinely disturbing. Yeah, 
this movie lacks any sort of internal consistent logic like with that because like when they pull the skin off she still has her skin on underneath but also this cabaret outfit on over it I don't know yeah. what they're going to accomplish. Just have her put the cabaret outfit on, like have, you know, someone holding it out and she like sticks her, like, just, I don't know why she had to pull her skin off, but then also the sizing is just everything yeah. is constantly shifting. The cats change in size. The mice are tiny. The, it, it not, nothing. There is no logic but to the kittens. The kittens look like tiny mice. Like they don't look like kittens. Were those? No, were those are, no, those are mice. No, no, there's there's kittens. There's a point at which um, Mr. Magical Mustafalis says, I'm going to pull kittens out of my hat. And he pulls these tiny little kittens out of his hat. And no, they look he, like he mice. makes a mistake in the mat. No, that's because he screws up his magic act and it's the mice under his hat. It's not kittens. Oh, under the movie's his hat. so bad. I thought that's what it was trying to show me with, <laughs> with kittens. Okay. No, like Victoria is a, is a kitten, isn't she? The character of Victoria isn't she supposed to be a kitten that's abandoned? She is no, I think she's just a she's a she's just a cat. The character of Victoria uh. was pumped up for this movie in the in the play. She just does like a dance at the beginning, and she's like she's part of some of like the singing. But in this, they're like we're going to make her the point of view character, which didn't help. I can tell you that no. didn't no. make. Her- ingrained in this world now our introduction to her is when she gets abandoned seemingly by humans because like a car drives up and they throw the cat out and yeah my, my question is that they they live in like a cat city and the cat city has lots of cat things like there's giant banks that say like whiskers bank and milk bar and like all these things that are distinctly cat but yeah. there's also a human city presumably within that you know, it's within a human city because they can like go in the human houses where there's dogs and humans can drop them off and they can apparently get neutered. And like, where's yeah. the, where are the humans? Where right, is this right. cat city? You've never, you've never gone to cat town. <laughs> <laughs> I guess humans aren't allowed. They probably haven't gone. It's like really big. Like, cause it, like to your point, David, the scale of things is so out of walk that they will be, There'll be like tiny little streetcars meant for cats that they can walk up to and and get like drinks from like like little milk bars that are driving around like ice cream trucks. But then they go through a door and the doors to the houses are so big that they can't reach the doorknob. They actually just go in through like the little mail chute at the bottom. And it's not supposed to be a human house because it's still in cat town with all the cat bars and stuff. So <laughs> Why? Where what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. There's somebody um Yeah. Yeah. Fire the continuity people. Uh fire the production designer. Well, at um, first at first I thought like, wow, this is like there maybe, are moments. Maybe the production designer was consistent and just whoever was, you know, matting in the performers didn't keep a consistent scale to the background. Well, considering this movie that they had to send a fix for this movie, they had to patch their movie. (laughs) What did they fix? Uh, CGI. There there was yes, they fixed some of the CGI. It's all CGI. Which what part of the CGI did they have to fix? This is from Wikipedia. The film's original release contained numerous CGI errors and glitches entitled the entire movie, uh, such as one (laughs) in which Judy Dench's human hand, complete with her wedding ring, appears instead of her character's cat paw. After poor reviews, Universal notified cinemas on opening day that an uh, updated package with some improved visual effects would be available for download. 
urging them to replace the current print as soon as possible. If I'm not mistaken, there were also issues with the cat fur. Like there was issues where the faces were like drifting off of the fur and stuff. The CGI was not aligning correctly. Sure. If you look at the, yeah, if you look at the mice, like the mice are not fully rendered. This movie was not finished when they shipped it out. Yeah. So was it rushed or was it sloppy? Because you have to care to like this movie's not self-aware. That that that's something we need to everyone to understand is that it wanted to be good. You feel that in its DNA and that's what makes it so much worse. Well, I mean, I wish that they had a you know, pushed it out 6 months for number 1 make sure your movie's actually finished before you put it out. You know, like sometimes video game companies will put out movies, will put out, sorry, will put out games um, too soon because they're pushing to make a deadline and they're, you know, it needs bug fixes and patches and whatnot after it's released. And people get really mad because you spend a huge amount of money for what's supposed to be a premium game. It should be done when you get it. You know, if you're putting out a giant hollywood film it should be done before it gets to the theater and you know and so number one i would have liked it to be done and number two if they'd pushed it out to june it wouldn't have been released at all yet so or, or it would have been <laughs> to streaming because the studio would have been like yeah we're not going to make money on this and uh, <laughs> we wouldn't have to yeah we wouldn't have to hear about it for another few months yeah would it be a? Uh... Because this was this was one of the most joyful things for me in the end of 2019 was reading reviews of this movie. It was its own pastime. It was phenomenal. The reviews were scathing and some of the most intense I've ever read. Uh, if they had pushed it and sent it to the streaming, do you think it would be quite the apocryphal mess it's become in the pop culture realm? Uh, I'm uh, Well, uh, it's hard to tell from when this is recorded because we're not quite in june yet i guess it's kind of hard to tell what if people were still stuck in their home and this showed up on a streaming network somewhere i think it i think it would have been i think because we all would have been checking it out of out of morbid curiosity i guess it's tiger king right like it's i guess if it's bad enough or can't look away enough and even if it goes to your home streaming the fact that all these a-list celebrities are in this would still draw incredible attention yeah. I I think it would. I just think I uh I mean this this was poised and it it might still be poised to be like the next midnight movie. This might be the next the room. Um they were already starting to have ironic screenings of this <laughs> film. Um while it was still regularly screening. Were, yeah, where, where the audience was actually, you know, like permitted to yell back at the screen and whatnot. Um, but I, I wanted, I wanted to either perversely like this movie or it to be a better hate watch than it was. Yeah. <laughs> because mostly it's boring. That's the, that's the, pro- even though it is like, you can tell they really put effort into this movie. Like the budget was, uh, I uh, was an astronomical number. It was like a hundred million dollars. Uh, it was seventy-three million, or no, no, it was eighty to hundred million dollars. Was the budget? Like they threw money at this thing. They yeah. put a ton of effort into it, and it's not even the so bad. It's good. 
it's just like, oh, it just keeps going and going. And, mm-hmm. going. The and entire... I mean, we got some stuff out from the stage show <laughs> for this. And added some Thank stuff. Well. <laughs> the, the entire <laughs> third I, act I... is all mostly one room. It's incredibly boring. Yeah. Like yeah. it's all it's, in the room where they're where they're theater. picking the the Jellicle cat of the year or whatever. Don't don't forget they also added the part w- where McCravity's taking them to a boat. <laughs> final showdown in which we get the highbrow comedy of Rebel Wilson hitting herself in the face and then hitting Ray Winstone in the crotch with like with a chain. Yeah, so can we talk about that scene? I put it in here as the fight scene <laughs> on the boat in the Thames, the worst scene in film history. And I know that there are worse, but holy shit. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll bleep myself there. But it, it's so... It borders into like like prop comedy. <laughs> like Three Stooges, like I'm going to bang you over the head with a pot and pan type stuff. And it's all while James Corden is spitting up hairballs and just... <sighs> lumbering around the boat and Ian McKellen, poor Ian McKellen is like still singing his song and like pushing people off the plank. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they're using the two, the two overweight characters are the slapstick comedy relief. Right. And they make it a neutering joke that I'm fairly certain is not in the stage show. And they make it about, they make it about Jason Derulo. Yes. Nobody is going to call. Nobody is going to refer to as neuter in any way in real life. Yeah. So the the stage show is sung through, um, which means that there is no dialogue at all. There is singing. So all of that wonderful dialogue we got uh, was written specifically for the film. Um, The character of Growl Tiger that Ray Winstone played uh, (laughs) is actually it's a role that Ian McKellen's cat the actor one played in his past and he does this whole song about like how he once played this role that was a pirate so they like just removed that entirely and made it a whole new character and we're like you're now the henchman to idris elba and it was a bad addition it was a terrible choice yeah. it, when he just, when he licks his chops with his human lips there's something oh, deeply unsettling and i think that's a good segue into the fact that like it's a horrible uncanny valley for both humans and cats. So, because like they could decide what they wanted to do with this. Like they're human hands and feet and faces, but cat bodies and there were buttholes at one point. Like they just couldn't make their minds up <laughs> on what this was supposed to look like. Um, and it's so, in- <sighs> like, and as Nicole said in our docket, what studio Honcho approved spending the money for it to put these people in CGI instead of in costume? This would be better. This would be better if it was in costume. I think this, maybe yeah, the stage show for whatever your thoughts on it are. It's like, that's how they should look. That's how people who are dressed as cats to dance around on stage should look. And they made them very, very furry and like have human faces and human hands and human feet. And it's all wrong. It's all wrong. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right. The human parts don't look, quite human and the cat parts don't look cat-like enough you know they don't move like cats the fur doesn't lay quite right for cats for most of them the tails certainly don't act the way real cat tails no (laughs) (laughs) you know they've got they have human breasts uh granted they're under you know the the layer of fur but it's it's like 
I no, just no. You know, give them give them eight breasts. Be realistic about it. You know, if you're gonna do into it, lean into it. <laughs> lean exactly. And then like uh, Judy Dench, lean into it or stay away from it. Yeah, Judy Dench's cat, like her fur is also like a giant coat, like a giant fur coat, but also right. her fur. I, yeah, I, I, I have to imagine some of that is because of same with Ian McKellen that tight fitting bodysuits would probably have been very uncomfortable for them in po- possibly not many ways very flattering <laughs> uh, for them. So yes, it was like let's just put them on. I think that's also fair. I know for from what I remember, old Deuteronomy I think had like a big coat on. Mm-hmm. Uh, what little memory I have, nor does it matter. Uh, what really angered me, and I, I mentioned this in our Slack today, was that I, I read that Brian Blessed, the wonderful Brian Blessed, played the role of Old Deuteronomy on stage, uh, originated it, and it's like, get, get him in this movie. Get him doing that. Because I love Judy Dench. Judy Dench is great. Judy Dench is not a, a stage performer. As, oh, as, no, she was. She's like, not a musical yeah, stage performer. That's, that's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, her singing is not the strongest in the movie. Um, not that anybody's singing is uh, exactly strong in this movie. Um, minus Jennifer Hudson. Yes, yes, I hear her uh, yelling at me. Well, yes and no. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think Jason Derulo's singing was excellent, actually. It's not a great number, but it's his actual performing of it, I think, was good. Yeah, I think Jennifer Hudson had some moments, but she's... I'm, I'm like, that's the take they went with because right. i i know i know she can do better i know she can do better it, than it, what they came up with it would not surprise me if this was a one take movie that if all of these things we saw was just like they just did the one take for it and we're like all right cool we're we're good we have to spend so much money turning you all into cat monsters we can't afford <laughs> all these actors to be here for more than one day yeah, and I, I put in our docket like like we can get to this a bit later. Is there anything redeemable about the film? And, and it's tough. I, I do think that Ian McKellen's bit uh, when he's introduced, when he's explaining his, his youth as a adventurous, incredibly intelligent, awesome cat man uh, is charming. And maybe it's just because I love him yeah. so much that I'm willing to look past everything else, but it's yeah. a, it's a cute bit. I actually do like that scene. Ian McKellen's part is the best part of the movie. I, I, I will stand with you on that. Not that it's necessarily, yeah. but it's the best. I part agree. Of and I think the, you know, all the secondary performers and the chorus, I think it's pretty clear that they went with theater people, mm-hmm. you know, people who do singing and dancing on stage as that, that's, that's how they earn their living. You know, it seemed pretty clear to me that that's who they got. Yeah. for the background and that was good but you don't get to see them performing properly because it's all half the numbers are shot too tightly to see the dancing they're they're caught they're shot too tightly they are edited horribly um there's yeah. like the, the song where they're like where they're catnipping all the cats while taylor swift sing <laughs> uh and they're like they just keep they cut every couple of seconds away from like the dancing to people shaking the shakers of cats. It's like, no, I get it. I get what they're doing. I don't care. Show me dance yeah. show me something entertaining on screen. So I thought but, Taylor. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, David. No, I, 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 I don't know anymore. I don't know. 
I thought Taylor was supposed to be the moment in the movie because I, I knew I went into this knowing that she came late. Why and is she wearing heels? Okay. That's there's right. a lot of questions about her character, but I, I thought that was going to be the moment where I could at least be like, oh, this is a fun song. Taylor Swift's talented. No, no, um, it's not. Uh, as Nicole says, I think she performed it well, but she, she performs it well, but the whole like McCavity is, is a God type thing. It's just, it's not fun. But one of the problems with this movie for me is that like the songs go on so long and, and longer than I think (laughs) most musical numbers go on. Like I hate, I hate, 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 hate magical Mr. Mistopheles. He's the only character whose name I remember because I had to hear it a million times because they have the (laughs) who's Mr. Magical Mustopheles and we have to pump up his ego so we can make Judy Dench reappear. And like they had to sing that song for like nine minutes. (laughs) It was so long. And it's the only character's name I remember. It's so long because they stop it every other line like don't do just do the song yeah they do interrupt themselves a lot don't they (laughs) yes and uh the taylor Taylor swift character actually appears in a lot more songs in this stage production but i guess they only could get her for a little bit so they wrote her out of most of them okay yeah and i mean i would disagree (laughs) that magical mr mistopheles is the worst number i thought the bustopher jones number was worse because it's a it's not quite as well sung sorry i actually do like james corden but this number goes on forever it goes on far beyond where it where it makes artistic sense for a song to stop (laughs) it same with jenny any dots that song also goes on for so long and like, I, there's only so much I can watch Rebel Wilson bumble around and hit herself yeah. in the face and fall off ledges and like care. Like, there was one point when the song should have stopped and then it kept going, and I yelled at my, I yelled at my, <laughs> <laughs> going on. This needs to end. We're not even ten minutes into this movie yet. Yeah. And then the freaky mice show up, and then the freaky well, cockroaches show up. They, those are people in costumes. That is like, yeah. the cockroaches look the best out of anything in this movie. Uh, and then she starts eating them, and it's not great. I keep, I say that a lot. I've been saying that a lot in this episode. I want to look at her now that I recognize <laughs> else to express myself. Yeah, no, there are a lot of bad ones. And But going back to the Bust for Jones thing, it, it stops itself as a lot of these do, as we've talked about where it has again, like that prop comedy element where it's like, Oh, James Corden's going to get yep. hurt for like seven seconds in the middle of the song before he can continue the song. And that happens like four times when he falls, when he falls and uh, he's straddling something when he falls. So he, you know, again, more crotch hitting comedy. That's the right. high yeah. stuff we're here for. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to appreciate that at least James Corden pretty immediately realized publicly how bad this was and leaned into it a little bit. Like, he did at the Oscars, and I can I can respect yeah. that he at least knows how bad this was. Um, I actually think he's a reasonable casting. Like, I don't think it's necessarily sure. his fault that, it, that his part's so bad. Like, I, I could see him in this character. A lot of the casting is really not bad. Jason Derulo yeah. as one tum tugger. You know, I'm not the big biggest Jason Derulo fan. But that is actually good casting for Rum Tum Tugger. Uh, and as Nicole said, a lot of the people who did like the the dancing and stuff like that were, you know, well cast. Uh, friend 
Francesca Allarina. Like they, that's the only place they put effort into this movie. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so question there's, there's very barely a plot to this movie. Like I did end this yeah. movie and really have to think long and hard about what I saw for a number of reasons. But one of which being, I didn't fully understand what plot it was aside from the fact that we're picking someone to go to cat heaven and Idris Elba wants to go, but he's the bad guy. And that's, that's kind of all I got. But there's also this pretty much all there is, (laughs) but there's also this like storyline about, uh, Jennifer Hudson's character where for some reason she's like the outcast from the cats. And it's because she went with Idris Elba's cat at some point. And like, the emotional investment for me to care that she comes out of the woodwork to, you know, scream memories at me and fly off in a chandelier does not <laughs> feel like a good payoff. Like I don't, I'm not invested in her at all. No, it's, it's because this is a stage show that is just, it's popcorn entertainment is what the stage show is. It is like, go see a show that you don't have to think about. That is just singing and music and you're good. All right. Have a nice time that doesn't translate to whatever they're trying to do here. No. Yeah. True. This I is mean, a good come, Vegas. She shows show, up. Right? She looks real sad. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, it's a good Vegas show. I think it's worth mentioning that. I mean, you know, she's got the show stopping number. She does memory. And this character was not in the original T.S. Eliot book. This character mm. was an unpublished poem. Um, that got brought that he left out of his collection because it was too sad for children. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he, you know, this was added in, I guess, to give the show a little bit more, a little more, more dramatic heft, at least in some part of it. And memory was written for the show. It was not, uh, it, it was not based on any of T.S. Eliot's poems. It was written by, Tim Rice and then the Trevor Nunn um, worked on it. So, you know, it, that's why it's like the only good song. In that's why it's like the only song. <laughs> like, it's the only thing that's written like show. a song. Yeah. yeah, it's written to be a, it's written to be a Broadway number. It's written to be a West End number. You know, it's, it's written to be a traditional musical number. And so it doesn't have the crappy pseudo jazz synth <laughs> music oh. with it. Yeah, the score because uh, me want to hang myself with dental floss. It's just kept, uh, they kept all the synth, and there's the scene when they're dancing. They're doing the Jellicoe Ball, so they're all dancing around, and they're dancing <laughs> with horrible synth music. And then they've added like the two. Like the, the 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 two cats who are doing like I don't like a, sort of a break dance that doesn't that somehow works even less with what they're doing that are the only <laughs> cat also problematic like these cats are wearing sneakers and you know like gold chain necklaces uh, which I don't even have time to unpack all that but they they like update the scoring if you're gonna do it if you're gonna make this just yeah. the music better yeah. You know, make it, make orchestrate it. You know, yeah. change that part. Make it piano instead of synth. Make it 
something else, but it sounds, you know, I put in our, our show doc that the synth sounds straight out of a bad early 80s horror movie. Oh, like yeah. Like a cheap, bad mm-hmm. early 80s horror movie that somebody did on their Casio in their garage. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, oh man, what's his name? Um, it's John Carpenter. John Carpenter, but that, <laughs> you know, that all fits his productions. It has a certain charm to it. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. John Carpenter's, John Carpenter's a much great better. composer. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the, the, the aesthetic way more. <laughs> right. But the aesthetic of his, to David's point, like works with his productions. This, this does not at all. Yeah. I, I mean, the only other musical number that I, I found kind of redeemable is the whole recurring, like, you're going to dance for the haunted ghost or something like that. Like that one's kind of nice, I guess. Well, wait, the the ghosts one. Cause that was, a, that was yeah. a, a written song written for the movie. That's one's okay. Uh. And okay. So what, I, what I'm finding out is the only songs I like are ones that are actually like meant to be songs. Meant to be songs yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what's your best guess on what Jellicle means and the heavy side layer? And it can be um, wrong answers only because it, there are no right answers because no one knows. <laughs> I mean, I figure Jellicle is like either may c- consisting at least partially of gelatin, um, perhaps, and the heavy side layer is the the bigger person that like lies down on their side of the seesaw so that the smaller person can get proper leverage near further from the fulcrum to actually be able to balance out the balance out the seesaw. So that's that's who the heavy side layer is. Oh, I don't know. It's uh, well, it's like I, layer of what? Why is it heavy? Why is it only a side? Why isn't ju- why isn't it just called the heavy layer? Why isn't it just called you know why? Or, what is the heavy side? Or, what the hell? Or heaven or heaven side layer or something like something that makes more yeah. sense. Or just uh, going over to the heavy side, you know, like wow, you're dead. That's heavy. You know, that's. <laughs> The word Jellicle comes from an unpublished poem by Eliot entitled Pollicle Dogs and Jellicle Cats, where Pollicle is a corruption of poor little dogs and Jellicle, and this is where it gets worse, Jellicle Cats of Dear Little Cats. So Pollicle Dogs, Poor Little Dogs. Okay, I get what you're doing there. Jellicle Cats, Dear Little Cats. T.S. Eliot, did you have a stroke? (laughs) Well, apparently we were saved from a Pollicle Dogs number partway through the film, so... Well, don't worry. Right. Old Deuteronomy is going to remind you at the end that cats are not dogs. <laughs> I can't talk about yeah, the ending yet. I need to work up to that. What? <laughs> I can't. So here, here's the thing. Like about these, I, I always thought <sighs> there was something like angelic about like the jellicalness of the cats because they have like borderline, a, like a gospel number at the end of the movie, like in the final song. It's like a chorus of angelic cats sending Jennifer Hudson off to like the big chandelier in the sky. Um, sure. The heavy side layer is actually like a real layer of our ozone, which is like the, 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 it's the layer in which you're, you, the radio waves will bounce back. It's like right before you uh, get too high. Um, it's the reason that we that have the ionosphere that it bounced off of. It is one of the several layers within the ionosphere. the more you know um so so are they just is is this one of those things where it's like an old mayan sacrificial ritual where they believe she's going to a better place but in reality they're just killing off a cat once a year like well i don't i don't know because she does actually 
I don't. What is? She does get in a hot air balloon. They construct a hot air balloon out of a chandelier every year, or it's magic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does it yeah. come back? Is there a different vessel every year? Well, she comes back. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious oh, about this thing. You, if this ties in, this thing that you've put in on the on the end of the show docket, David. If that's like part of the going to the heavy side layer. No, it's not. <laughs> It's okay. it's not it's not as exciting of a connection as you think, but we'll we'll get to that. If you're going to stop listening okay. now, don't stop. All right, we'll, <laughs> let's circle. We'll circle back. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 egregious that for a property that's like 40, 50, 60 years old, at least in production, that I can't find out what jellicle cats are. This should well, not <laughs> be a black box of no, information. It's a corruption of dear little cats. That is what Elliot got dear? it. Deer, D-E-A-R. Why isn't it delicate? I don't don't know, Nicole. (laughs) I don't have the answers. I'm on the the Jellicle Cats Wikipedia page, and this is the explanation it's giving me. (laughs) Is it possible, uh, because of this atrocity, to take back Tom, uh, Tom Hooper's Oscar? That's my that's my biggest question. <laughs> I volunteer to lead the raid. <laughs> I enjoy King's speech, but not enough to justify this movie's existence. Yeah. Did he win anything for the Danish girl? That film was lovely. No. Like it was really well done. No. No, well, he has won. I mean, whatever con- consolation it is, he ha- has won the Golden Raspberry Award for uh, worst director and worst picture for uh, and worst screenplay for cats. Oh, wait, he's the lay Miz guy. Oh, so he's, he's a repeat offender. I did not know that. Yes. Lay Miz is a light years ahead of this movie. Yeah, but it's still three hours of Hugh Jackman singing. (laughs) Again, at least Hugh Jackman can sing. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I, I say that, but greatest showman, come on. Okay, I'll just replace Hugh Jackman with Anne Hathaway and anyone else in nope. that movie. Anne Hathaway, her, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, there you go. Now I will agree. Okay. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Logan's Run and how it ties into it. Uh, Logan's Run, of course, a film, one of the very first films we ever did a podcast on, on Geek Cinema Society. Yep. I wanted to, to tie it back together because I went to the uh, the old Possum's Book of Practical Cat Wikipedia page, and there is cultural references in the film Logan's Run. Logan and Jessica meet an old man in the ruins of the United States Senate chamber during their search for sanctuary. The old man has many cats and refers to the poem The Naming of Cats, explaining that each cat has three names, one common, one fancy, and one that only cats know. Later, the old man refers to one cat in particular, Gus, short for asparagus, and goes on to recite parts of McCavity, the mystery cat. So we have been haunted by this movie from the beginning. <laughs> or- wow. Well, I mean, I guess I can vouch for the two things about the name of cats, because, you know, my 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 cat's officially named Jane Austen, but I call her Janie and occasionally Goof Bucket when she acts like Goof Bucket. Um, but I don't know her. I don't know her cat name. It is not for me to know. Um, no, no, it's for her to, to ponder. I thought you meant that you know, Logan's run, they have carousel where someone gets, you know, people get selected to be taken up and, you know, maybe they get to be reborn into a new life. I mean, well, no one ever does. 
Do we know what happens with Grizabella after she goes to the heavy side layer? Do we know that she comes back? No, we don't. Mm -mm. So Logan's run (laughs) first. We don't know that Andrew Lloyd Webber wasn't uh, wasn't inspired because he certainly would later (laughs) steal another property and turn it into a musical that we must pray never gets turned into a movie. Uh, and that is Starlight Express. Do you know? Do you know what Starlight Express is based on? No. I I know what it's supposed to be. I know that all the all the performers wear roller skates. Yeah, because they are trains. So apparently, it has its, its roots in in reimagined <laughs> objects. Yes, and so a novelty pop single, an okay. animated film based on Cinderella, and. The animated TV series based on Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> it can somehow get worse. <laughs> I mean, it's undoubtedly the worst musical to film adaptation, right? Like, there's nothing worse than this. And there's a lot of bad ones. Like, what, what, like, what, what are other ones? Like, Mamma Mia's out there. That's fine. Like, I would have watched Mamma Mia 10 times over this. Mamma Mia 2 even. Here we go again. I guess it depends on what your definition of like the worst. Because like, again, as we said, like the singing, not bad. Any definition. Any definition, David. Dancing could be good. I don't get to look at it long enough because the way this thing is edited. So I guess, you know, he took the criticism of like, we don't want just medium shots that show us people singing. It's like, all right. So how about you don't have any shot for more than five seconds? Uh, but as a whole package of something that I have to consume with my eyeballs, yeah, it's a it's a nightmare. It's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, I don't watch a lot of film musicals. I mean, I've seen some of the classics. You know, I've seen Singing in the Rain, and I've seen parts of My Fair Lady and whatnot. But um, the more contemporary ones, I saw Hair. My grandmother took me to Hair when I was like eight because it was a musical, and she didn't know. She didn't know um, that. She didn't no, the, the, the dark coding about the Vietnam War that was coming. Or the fact that everybody gets naked partway through the yeah, movie. <laughs> um, because it's about a bunch of hippies. <laughs> and I've seen Little Shop of Horrors, which is a great adaptation of a musical to film. Uh, yeah. You know, that works really well. Uh, but yeah, oh, this could be the worst. It could. Those work because there is a solid plot. Because there is something to yes. fall back on. Even you know, Lay Yeah, Miz for whatever it's for whatever its issues are. Like there is a plot to Lay Miz. It is you are following a storyline. Yes. Where, yeah. There's no semblance there's of a storyline here. here. No. No, and that. <laughs> that's what makes it just drag on for so long. It's again, it's going back to like. The, the songs that should have ended that keep going. And it's like, they could be two minutes long for all I know, but it's just the fact that nothing is happening. It's like, okay, you introduced yourself. So what? Why do I care? I don't. Yeah. 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 And like uh, two new characters show up more than halfway through the movie. You get the, the song about the train cat. Scramble shanks. And then, yeah, skimble shanks. And then you get Taylor Swift showing up and singing a song. And you've never seen either of these characters before. You'll you'll never see you know you you see them for like two seconds a piece after their numbers, mm-hmm. and it it's like it, it's too late in the movie <laughs> to bring in new 
I was going to say new people, but you know, new creatures, <laughs> new creatures. chimeras of horror <laughs> shows. <laughs> open the dark portal again and summon more hell beasts. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see like a re-edit of this with maybe like some over like a like an overdub come in where they turn it into an out and out horror movie or like science fiction film where people have been accidentally turned into cats and like the whole plot is about them trying to get turned back into people sure Do that <laughs> like we sure. got stuck halfway we've got to fix this you know <laughs> yeah that's like again that is a movie that has a plot and sounds way more interesting <laughs> Even if they're singing the whole time, for some reason, I'm still into it. Yeah. Make it a horror movie about cats that start getting turned into people and are horrified that they're starting to turn into people and they want to turn back <laughs> into cats. <laughs> it would be better. Something. Something, in, you know. Oh. Give me. Give me it is, it's boring. There's no through line. And it's. There's like that, like a tenuous, tenuous, tenuous through line. You know, there's the American Idol plot where you know winner's going to be picked at the end, but that's which the only thread yeah. that connects everything. Which again works when you're making this wonderful spectacle, but when you're making yeah, this, it doesn't work as a film. When you're trying <laughs> to make a movie, and so you have all these different set pieces, and you're like trying to build this love story between the the main character cat and Mr. Mistopheles for some reason. It's like, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. I don't why I do kind I... of almost cared about Mr. Mistopheles because it's he's the guy who's portraying him is doing this is making these wonderfully earnest facial expressions at the at the girl and it's sweet, but that's about as far as it goes. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's trying. But also but also back. thank God. Do you really want this movie with an actual love story? Uh, <laughs> probably not. No. <laughs> you ever heard cats in heat? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, I have. Speaking. There's actually one in my neighborhood that's been going around every night. There's a tomcat who's been uh, singing the song of his people every night looking for <laughs> love and just not. I don't know if he's been successful or what, but he's so, been singing to us all. <laughs> In the vein of this, uh, two discussion topics I can't figure out a way to fit intuitively into a discussion. Uh, <laughs> Nicole, do you either want to talk about Taylor Swift's cat boobs or <laughs> I- Idris Elba pimp cat trickster god cat and how that maybe could be a kink? <laughs> well, it's a kink for somebody. We know that much to be sure. <laughs> it's weird that um, most of the female cat have like a sports bra flattening effect going on with their chests except for taylor swift who looks like she's got a push-up bra under the fur um and then idris elba you know like to david's point it's like he was suddenly naked and (laughs) without the coat and the pimp hat and i was like i'm i'm disturbed but like very mildly like maybe but no but (laughs) it's but it's more disturbing than than kinky. But I can I can kind of see where one could start. I can't I can't anymore. I I just can't. I I don't understand why bad things happen to good people, and I just don't understand. I don't understand. Uh, does anyone have anything they want to promote that's that's will get us away from cats? Uh, David, end of the show. What um, do you got? I- 
my new podcast, Hit Me One More Time, should be out and going by the time this episode is out. So I would appreciate it if people checked that out. It'd mean a lot to me. Absolutely. And what about you, Nicole? I updated my letterbox today for the first Ooh. time in a while. Um, so I'm on letterboxd at Nicole underscore Davis. I picked up two followers today, so I'm up to seven. Very excited. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at I am Brett Stewart. You can email the show. We would love to hear from you. Hi, H-I at MGRpodcast.com. Uh, please be sure to follow along there. And you can also go to MGRpodcast.com to vote on You Did This To Us. And that gives us the opportunity to never have to watch this again. You can't watch things twice. We ironed that out with the Emoji Movie. So, yes. Thank oh, wait, David, I forgot to ask you. What's worse? <laughs> Oh, boy. I was not prepared for this question. Um, oh, God. I have to... Uh, no, I can't. They're they're equal terrible in my mind, I think, right now. I got to put them there because I can't say... I can't say which one would I rather watch again if I was stuck with just those two. Like, I would... I guess I would throw myself into the volcano. That's the only option that is, <laughs> that is pleasing to me. On that note, uh, we will see you next week with New Tattoo. Uh, feel free to join us there, and you won't have to watch Cats ever again. And you know what? If you listened, you didn't have to watch it because we watched it for you. Rest assured, you missed absolutely nothing. We'll see you next week. <laughs>